Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and returning to the show, I've got actor, director, and writer Michael Finn. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome back to the show. It has been a year. What have you been up to? Oh, boy. <laughs> I have done a ton this year. I've been very blessed. I've had a full year of working in the film and television industry, both behind the camera, in front of the camera, uh, in the camera department the grip and electric as an actor i've done a bunch of traveling a bunch of photography um met some amazing people along the way and i've just had a really really wonderful year mm -hmm. and you're back on the show you met me last year through zoom that's right i'm so excited to be back i always love talking to you i love what you do i love the questions you ask even if i don't always know the answers <laughs> well our listeners probably there are new ones they probably want to know how did you decide you wanted to be an actor a writer and director can this all work together it can actually i find it way more enjoyable than just doing one thing uh because for a long time all I was pursuing was acting and it actually started in high school. I was, uh, I was a musician first and I was playing in bands and rock bands and the school band. And my friends who were doing that were also in theater. And I was like, Oh, that'd be a great way to hang out. You know, I played a lot of sports, but couldn't do both. And the marching band and, and playing the drums was really important to me at the time. So I started trying to do theater and I auditioned a few times. Eighth grade didn't get in. Ninth grade didn't get in. So in 10th grade, I said, oh, I'll give it one more shot. I got cast in the show and I never looked back. I had so much fun and I was said, this is something I want to explore. Got into college, took some directing classes. I directed a few plays um, right after I graduated college. I directed four plays, one a year and learned about that and then moved to New York and got behind the camera with a couple buddies and honestly it's it's so much more rewarding knowing i can do multiple things and create my own stuff and talk to people from a, a base of knowledge of understanding like oh i understand what that role entails i can have a conversation about it i, I might not be great at it like i'm not good at everything but at least i can have these conversations after working in so many different departments and it makes me a better director it allows me to communicate better and i love that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the younger Donovan, can he do acting, writing and directing all together? Yeah. If you're not creating your own stuff right now in this market, you're wasting a great opportunity because there's so much accessibility that you can sit down, write something, get people together, shoot it, edit it on free software and have it out in the world and people can watch it. And it's to me, it's like I don't get paid for everything I do. I like to get paid for the things I do, but I have my passion projects. I have my projects with friends. I do favors for people that I'm really close with. And I love it because it builds a camaraderie and a, a kinship in this industry that is tough to find sometimes. And I like being able to give my services to people that I value because I know it's coming back in return. And we just trade when we can and we create and we have fun and it it helps you learn too on these smaller levels. When I shoot my own little things, you know, this night, okay, I learned that didn't work so well. I'll get I'll get that better next time instead of doing it and wasting money on bigger sets and getting people mad at you. It's like, all right, I can cut my teeth over here and then bring my new skill set to this project and 
do even better. Mm -hmm. But like you were telling me off interview, we need people. We can't do this alone. Michael can't do this alone. Can he? Can a younger Donovan? Let's say there's a young hoppus Donovan thinking, oh, I can do everything on my own. I can pay for it. I can make it work. I mean, you can try. You're going to be exhausted and frustrated and you're not going to get where you want to go. This is very much an industry that's built on working together. And we sometimes forget that because especially like being an actor for so long, you go out and you have your one audition. You're like, I really want to nail this. I want to get this part and I want to do my job. But you can't, I can't get that part without a casting director first looking at my stuff or offering me the audition even before that. And my agent fighting for me to get auditions. And then that has to be seen by the casting director. And then they say, okay, I like this. Let's move this up to the producers or the director, whoever's looking at it next. Then they have to watch it. Then they have to give me a shot. Then I get the contract. Then I get on set. And then it's like, it's already taking me 10, 15, 20 people just to get there without even meeting anybody. So there's no way I could do this alone. I can't write a movie for myself and then shoot myself in the movie and edit it and light it and everything. It's, it's impossible. And I've learned that the more you can network and the more you can meet good people and surround yourself with people that not only have the passion for this craft and have a love for what they do, but are also smarter than yourself and more skilled than yourselves. And I don't mean book smart. I mean, like, you know, a lot of the people I work with have been doing it longer than I have, and I'm always learning something. And to me, that's unbeatable. So yes, knowing the people and knowing how to network and how to grow and how to learn and when to keep your mouth shut and when to speak up, it's super important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, doing it alone, I don't advise it. So you have to wear many hats these days in order to further your skills and further your craft, right? You can't just be the actor or the writer or the director, or you can, but it's better if you wear many hats, right? I mean, you can. I know a lot of people who find their lane and they stay in it, especially um, actors tend to stay in front of the camera. I love being able to bounce back and forth. I really do. I like knowing all the facets of it, but I think even actors at this point in their career, they, you know, they're still wearing their own hats because they've become their own publicists you know and their own taping coaches and they're helping their friends coach and whatnot so you're still wearing multiple hats whether you realize it or not i think there is a, a curse of spreading yourself too thin there is a chance of oh i've i've overshot and now i'm doing too many things and i don't have a focus on any one thing and now i can't learn one thing really well um i love doing everything and that might just be me, but I think it's good to know at least a little bit of multiple things so that there's an ease of, even as an actor, like knowing how a camera angle works or a setup, it just helps you know your position and your where you can move to and how to, you know, emote and be physical within the frame and the shot so that everyone's on the same page and working together to get not only a smooth shoot, but the best product that they can. All right. All right. Let's hear about some of these projects of the acting, the writing and the directing. Gladly. I just finished up a shoot in Nashville where I played a lead in a movie uh, called Great White Throne Judgment, which will hopefully be out around September. And that was a blast. 
it was co-written by two brothers. One was the director and one was the director of photography on the project. I met them last year when I worked in Kentucky on the camera crew for another feature film. And they found out I was an actor and we started talking. And lo and behold, I became a lead in their feature film now. Um, got my own projects in the works. Have another short film coming up. We wrapped on two more. One released in December. Another one's being edited. I uh, wrote a, a few more with a buddy of mine, John Macheski. He and I have been writing a lot together, which is a lot of fun and then i've got a couple feature ideas in the works as well so we keep going we keep working uh i'm behind the camera again working electric right now on a feature film i was a key grip uh in gettysburg at the top of the year it was very cold <laughs> so i've been all over done a lot of traveling for work this year i'm very blessed i'm very happy and i'm just thrilled to be able to keep doing it mm -hmm. and what about some of the past projects that you have done Cold and Windy was the first big project I did last year. It was a seven-week shoot for a TV show. That's out now. Um, I worked on a movie called Walden, which is releasing. Um, God, there's, I can't even remember. I did so many things. The Gettysburg Christmas will come out in December. I remember the Set It Off play you did. I'm trying to get that out of you, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. So we wrapped on that. I did my third leg of the tour. and We finally wrapped on that. And that is has been put to bed for a little while. Um, but that was a blast. I, you know, I love being on stage. I love performing. I'm trying to get back to it, I'm trying to get up to New York and do a couple auditions, even though I haven't told anyone, but it was awesome. I love being able to perform on such a, a grand stage, you know, 3000 seat theaters that are sold out, always a blast, but also working with such a diverse group of people that all come from different mindsets and came together to create such a beautiful piece and being able to travel while doing it, seeing all these different cities and meeting people and, and sharing stories it was just a blessing um i can't can't be thankful enough for that opportunity mm -hmm. but you know what you and i were talking we are worried about the future of actors <laughs> actresses and writers what do you say about ai taking over and a hollywood strike which we are now in yes uh so ai is absolutely terrifying to me um it's amazing how far it's come how fast it's gotten there and how accurate it is like i've seen some ai that i'm just like there's no way that's not a real person but it's not and it's it's an interesting conversation that needs to be had because you can't use a person's likeness without their consent. But then let's say I become a famous actor and then I say, yeah, you know what? Use my likeness in perpetuity as long as my family or my heritage or whoever down the line is getting, you know, the income from that. That then creates a new issue where it's like, well, then, you know, someone who's a, a big star could never leave the industry. They could work forever and their family will just keep getting paid off of the work they've already done that's now being created by computer. And it's tricky because the computers have gotten very good and it's it's scarily accurate that they can create such emotion and life in something that's not real. But that also means people might start losing jobs over time and computers might start writing these scripts and pushing out this product and doing the edits and who knows how far it goes. And I think what, what the magic of all of this really is, is that there's a human touch and the heart that we put into it and the, the skills that we bring and the difference of viewpoint between me and another person, that's what creates the magic. So I get nervous that if it becomes computerized or, or, or AI takes that over that we just start to get, you know, the same cookie cutter scripts, the same stories, the same everything told in a slightly different way. And it all starts to look and feel the same. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But isn't that where we're heading anyways, where everything's going to be the same and AI will be taking over all of our jobs? I hope not. I, I hope think, not either. <laughs> I know I personally would get very bored if I wasn't working all the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I love what I do and I want to continue to do it for as long as I can. So I really hope that we we don't go down that path. I think there's a lot of danger to it. And again, I think once you get to that level and you get to a point where it is they are like ai is taking over you lose the human aspect of the film and that's where the little bits of magic come in i can't tell you how many times i've been on set where something happens that wasn't supposed to happen or someone acts in a different way or does something slightly different but that becomes the take that becomes the moment that gets captured on film and was we never knew we needed it it just happened by accident and then it becomes oh now we can use that to create another part of the story computers i i don't see that happening because they're so specific and you lose that little bit of randomness that comes from the human aspect of it Mm. so i i hope we can do this forever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now we're in a hollywood strike what do you say to that because the writers have walked off the jobs and it's already costing some tv shows that won't even get the green light even if you know the ratings are good or they just decide you know what we're cutting you because of the strike yeah i stand with the wga i think they have their head in the right place i think they've brought some important things to the table and that it's a discussion that needs to be had and until they get a good quality resolution out of it they can do what they need to do to protect themselves i think there's a bit of um i hesitate to say this because i work in this industry and i don't ever want to shoot myself in the foot but i i feel like there's a bit of greed on the upper levels where people who already have a bunch of the money are just trying to get more money and it hurts a lot of the people who are lower down the food chain like we work 12 14 hour days on average five days a week plus travel so you know if i'm working an hour from home and i drive the hour then I work for 12 to 14 hours, then I drive the hour home, I don't have a lot of time to sleep. And it takes a toll. And people are, you know, they, they're fighting for the right to have set work hours, have a little bit of more humanity and not have AI take over their jobs. And I think it's important because the groundwork that we lay now dictates what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. And if we're not protecting ourselves down the line, someone's bound to get hurt. Right. And it's already happened before. I don't want to see it happen again. So I, I stand with the WGA. I'm nervous what happens come June because SAG-AFTRA and the DGA also have their contracts coming up for negotiation. So the strike might become even larger and the entire industry may shut down. And, you know, the Duffer brothers from Stranger Things even said, they're like, look, we really want to do right. But people don't understand that the writing doesn't stop when the show starts being shot. Like there's still rewrites happening on set. There's still changes that need to be made. They were in pre-production. I know for a fact that they're still doing some set construction because IATSE is still able to work right now. But when it comes to filming, that's all on hold because the writers can't continue to write. So an agreement needs to become apparent and it needs to be something that both sides can walk away satisfied because resent gets you nowhere. Wow. 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 And we hope some daytime shows won't see Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful might see blank episodes in a few weeks. There's a talk show. Late night talk shows are already prepared for it, but that's the nature of the business. I mean, we we have these rules in place for a reason and we have these conversations in place for a reason. 
and it's to protect ourselves, you know, and it's to make sure that there's a quality of life being had. I, again, love what I do, but I also know that I do it and I need to take home a paycheck at the end of the day. And I need to make sure that my body can hold up and my mental health can hold up. And all these things are in place for me to to survive and thrive in this industry rather than just be, okay, well, you're going to work for peanuts until we work it to the bone and then on to the next one. Mm. That doesn't help anybody because you're not going to get the best out of me either. If I know, A, I'm not getting paid well, B, I'm exhausted, you know, and C, my mental health is at risk. I can't work at full capacity. So there's a balance and it's a fine line, but I stand with the WGA on this one. I think they need to do what's right for them. And uh, I support whatever decision they come to. And what's your message to the actors that are worried that I won't be able to work again? Or how long will the strike go on? Now, we know the actors eventually will work, but right now they're worried about the future of, you know, getting anything. I would say nothing's guaranteed to begin with, you know. I, there's no guarantee that I'm going to act for the rest of my life. I might book something big tomorrow and I might never book another gig. I don't know. So keep doing your work. Keep honing your skill. If there is a strike, find things that you enjoy doing. Go do them. Take the time to work on yourself, work on your mental well-being, your physical well-being. Find another source of income and in something that you love. Like I started doing photography a ton and I'm starting to turn that into a little bit of a shop. Um, but you can't live in that world of fear that you won't work because a, if you audition thinking, I need this role, I need this role, I need this role. You're probably not going to get it because we can, we can see it. You know, it's very tangible thing to witness, like someone who walks into a room or has a taped audition where it's like screaming, Hey, I need this job rather than someone who's just confident in what they do. They do, they hit their mark, they crush their audition and they go on to the next thing. And they, you kind of stop sweating it after a while. So I say, just keep working on yourself, hone your skills. Don't, don't worry about what the strike may or may not do. And if you are union and you need to take a little break, you can do some theater or, you know, find something that you're passionate about that you've always wanted to explore and check it out. We all save for rainy days because we all know that this isn't guaranteed, even as crew. I don't always know where my next job's coming from. So we build nest eggs and we hope for the best. And sometimes you go a month or two or three without work. Younger Donovan might say, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Younger me used to think that too. Like, no, nah, I'm going to work forever. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. <laughs> Not quite there. It's taught me a lot, which is great. And it's really opened my eyes to the multitude of ways that we can be creative, even if it's not doing what we thought we wanted to set out to do. Like, I always thought, oh, I'm just going to act. That was going to be my thing. And then over the years, I learned, okay, well, I don't know that I'm always going to book. I've been lucky to book some really great projects and do some really awesome things, but I don't know when or if the next one's coming. And I've seen it from the top down. You know, there's some people in Hollywood who are very blessed to be big stars and to consistently work based off their name or however they got there. Um, but they've worked hard and they're doing what they do best. That's a very small percentage of actors. We're all fighting for smaller roles, supporting roles, day players. You know, if anything, getting a series regular is like an ideal right now because it just keeps you working. But 
when that show's over, who knows where the next one comes from? And some people have done full series and then never worked again. So it's tricky. You've got to really find the things that that bring you joy and continue to pursue them and never give up on what you what you love. I never will. But also know that it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Don't put your eggs all in one basket, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So younger Donovan... You got to yeah. keep busy with other things, too. Don't just depend on, you know, acting, acting, acting. Not to say that you can keep at it, but make sure you have other things you like to do as well or other things related to your passion. And also, I think a lot of people miss opportunities because they're not they're not looking big enough or wide enough. You know, people get honed in on a, on their path or what they think their path is. And they're focused on, oh, okay, I'm going to get this audition. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to do this, this gig. I'm going to get that job, whatever it is. And they feel like it's this one line, but they might do this audition and not book that gig. But someone in that room might then do a, another project and then call them and they might not recognize the number and they won't answer or something something like that, just as an example. But we're not always looking for the the alternate opportunities that come from what we do. I was lucky once I auditioned for a Tyler Perry show, went in person, did the audition, got the redirect. They loved it. They had it on tape. I didn't book it, but one of the people on the crew saw the audition, was shooting their own short film, called me up and said, hey, we want you to come read for this role. I booked that one. And then it's like little things like that. It's like, okay, well, then from that, I met someone who was shooting another thing. And they said, well, I don't have a role for you. But if you want to come be on the crew, that'd be great. We'd love to have you. And that opened another door for me. But it's because I was listening to these other opportunities of like, okay, I might not get the thing that I'm set out for, but it might put me somewhere where I'm supposed to be. Mm. I think that's very important. People, they get hyper-focused on certain things and certain levels of success and certain milestones that if they don't get there, they get so frustrated that they're missing all the other opportunities they could be doing. Right, right, right. And not everyone's going to be a big Hollywood star. Not everyone's going to be Tom Cruise, Mel Gibson, Tyler Perry, or et cetera, right? Right. There's not enough room for everyone to do that. (laughs) it's not physically not possible but if you love what you do and you have the heart to continue to do it eventually you'll get something it may not be your dream but also understand and i think this is another big thing i'll say about acting we get you know our auditions and everything and i i have some friends who get auditions and they get frustrated like ah another audition you know blah, blah blah it's five pages whatever i go you have to remember somebody's watching this this is an opportunity for you to perform your craft for someone. That alone is worth it. It's a performance. You're actually performing for an audience of one or two or three people, but you're getting to show people what you do. So instead of like getting stressed out about auditions and worrying about the perfect take or how you're going to do X, Y, and Z, you have to just prepare yourself to the best of your abilities, use everything you know about the craft, and then let go and do the audition and have fun because it is a real performance. Not a hundred million people aren't going to see it in the theater but somebody is watching it. And for me, that's that's great. I get the chance to perform at any given time. I'm going to take it. I love doing auditions now because of that mindset. I love being able to say, oh man, 
I just had three auditions and yeah, they were only a page each, but I got to perform for someone. Someone's watching me act. Someone's watching me do what I love. Wow. Good message. <laughs> Thanks. I've had a lot of time to think about it. You know, I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Did you want to throw out your social media platforms in case younger Donovan or other actors or actresses have questions or writers and directors? Absolutely. My Instagram is at the real Michael Finn, uh, R-E-A-L, not like a film reel. My website is mfmichaelfinn.com. That's with two N's on the end of Finn, in case you're wondering. Those are the two best ways to get in touch with me, honestly. I'm, I'm not on Facebook much. I'm not on social media a ton, but I still communicate a lot through Instagram Messenger. My website is always active, always live. There's a, a communication form that'll go straight to my email and I check it every day. I'd love to field questions. I love talking about this. I love the business. I love the industry. So please feel free. Anybody wants to drop a line, I'm here. All right. All right. Final message you'd like to tell the listeners or anyone listening? Hmm, that's a good question. Go out and do something good for someone else. Don't ask for anything in return. Just go do something nice. Do good recklessly. I think there's not enough of that in the world. Where people just like, you know, oh, let me get that for you. Let me hold this door for you. Let me, you see someone coming, clear a path, get something out of the way, pick something up, move something, uh, help someone carry their groceries, whatever it is, something small, something big. If it costs money, if it doesn't, doesn't matter. Just do good recklessly. Be good to each other. We're, we're here together in this world and everyone has their struggles and their battle. I can't tell you how nice it is when someone does something completely random, lets me go in front of them at the grocery store if I have five things and they've got a cart full. You know, something that simple is like, oh, wow, someone's actually paying attention and being polite and being kind and understands like, yeah, we're all in this together. So just, I love the phrase, do good recklessly. I think it's one of my favorite things. Wow, wow, wow. And you did good recklessly because you came back here and you encouraged our listeners in Canada. Yeah, man, I love it. Canada is one of my favorite places to visit, too. I love it up there. <laughs> Big hockey fan. My Rangers are out. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm still watching the playoffs. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, you're not a Leafs fan, so get off the show. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I got a couple of Leaf jerseys in my collection. Uh, <laughs> listen it was really great to get to know you again yeah always man i again i love talking to you i love i love your show it's so much fun i'll come back anytime and anytime you need me i'll be here all right for cjru 1280 am i am donovan lacroxy and i would love to thank actor writer and director michael finn and i also would like to thank the listeners for listening thank you again michael you're welcome thank you so much